All right, everybody. Spring football's here. We made it. Um, Tigers are going to hit the practice field for the first time in 2021 officially. Uh, so today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to break down spring football. I'm going to give out some lists and some superlatives. Excited about some of the stuff we're going to cover today. But yeah, just super exciting time. Um, off season, we're going to have a lot of um, you know reporting getting done. A lot of um, you know topics, conversation, you know position battles, and all that kind of stuff, which we're going to dive into today. So uh, excited about this one, and uh, hope you guys enjoy. All right, here we go. Um, so here's how today is going to roll. Basically, um, there's a few things that I'm going to kind of go over at the very beginning. So um, a few things like the new roster being released. So things I'm looking at. Um, there are positions, obviously, that have been kind of designated now, which I think is uh, is telling in some ways, and we'll, we'll cover that. And then obviously uh, height and weight changes. So <laughs> typically you don't see like a bunch of height changes, Okay, typically there are a bunch of weight changes, but there are like some noticeable um, updates to players' heights. Um, and look, I mean, maybe somebody's hair grew out longer. Um, you know, we've got new like strength conditioning staff, people that are taking measurements. So maybe they have a different way of doing it. But, you know, there are some like, I mean, you know, Brendan Coffey's like just went from 6'5 to 6'7. Um, you see other guys like Cam Riley grew an inch, um, Colby Wooden grew an inch, stuff like that. So we'll cover that. Um, we'll touch on a little bit of Harson's press conference today, some notes um, that I kind of pulled from that. And then I've got a few lists, you know, um, you guys know if you listen to me a few times, you know that I like lists. I think it's fun. So um, we've got some position battles that I want to, um, well, here, here are kind of the things we're going to look at. Position battles, height and weight, most significant storylines, the, um, and then uh, looking forward to A-Day is kind of how we're going to wrap it up. So that's all we're going to cover. Um today and uh, of course it's me solo so it'll just be me uh talking the whole time but if you if you guys you know if, if anybody listens to this regularly as i put these out and i wish i could put them out more regularly um and you want to get involved somehow i have no problem with that just you know shoot me um a message uh, again twitter is like a, at au football pod something like that i'd love to have more people collaborating um with me and just you know it's it's really it's a lot easier to to have somebody else to kind of bounce stuff off of so if anybody's interested in that uh feel free but all right so first things first we're going to touch on the roster so the new 2021 roster is out on the um like official auburntigers.com uh website so a few things i wanted to touch on so the positions all right and with some of the former podcasts even breaking down like signing classes and stuff like that um you know i've talked a little bit about some of that so of course <clears throat> with the new schemes you get new positions especially on defense i mean defense is kind of the the main one because even in off you know different offenses you're typically i mean of course you're gonna have a quarterback running back wide receivers tight ends and offensive linemen so it's really not uh, that much different now you know um if somebody's breaking down like our current roster this year with like former um, positions from the Gus Malzahn era. So like if you call a wide receiver a number a five, you know, or a three or whatever, um, or even like a big slot or any of those kind of terms that we use to designate receivers in the Gus Malzahn system, we probably don't need to do that anymore. Um, so even if we just like, you know, on their official roster, it's just all wide receivers. 
Um, I think at some point we'll have more specific roles as, as in you're either more of a flanker. So an X or a Z you're either more an inside guy, like a Y or an H, but you know, again, with Bobo and Harson, they'll figure out um, how they want to term, and they've um, they've already figured that out. I promise you, because uh, they're about to start installations and everything, and I'm sure they've been working on that in walkthroughs. So we'll get probably more, um, you know, we'll get probably more like clarification on that kind of stuff moving forward. But there's a few things that I think are important on the defensive side of the ball. All right, um, of course, if you start on the front, you're talking about defensive end, defensive tackles, and edge. All right, so again, in the three four scheme. All right, if you just wanted to look at like a traditional base 3-4 scheme, like picture it in your head kind of lineup. So you've got a nose tackle on the zero, which is like head up the center. You've got two defensive ends, and that's how they would call them typically is defensive ends would be head up, uh, five technique, head up on the tackles. And you have two, you know, outside linebackers, either in a nine or whatever on the edge. All right, so that's kind of, it's almost like a five-man front, but that's, you know, that's what the first line of defense would look like in a traditional base three, four. So here we have only a few listed at defensive end. We have Colby Wooden, Caleb Johnson and Daniel Foster Allen. All right. So that makes sense to me. Like these would be your guys that would be, you know, five technique lineup, head of the tackle, um, more of your tweener guys. So again, in a, in a, in a true odd three man front, these guys would be head up the tackles. All right. On one side or the other, probably the weak side. Um, and so what that kind of allows you to do is then you have, you know, your nose and then your, if you want to call them another defensive tackle or another defensive man, whatever. But so basically we have those three guys. Now, I actually think there's some other guys that'll be in that role as well. So like, for instance, everybody else is listed as defensive tackle. You've got Zachivius Walker, uh, Jay Hardy, Lee Hunter, Trey Butler, Jeremiah Wright, Marquise Burks, Tyrone Truesdale. Um, all listed as defensive tackles. And I think a couple of these guys are going to be more true nose tackles, right? So like Jeremiah Wright and Tyrone Truesdale. Um, Jeremiah Wright, 6'5", 338, so literally 340 pounds. Uh, Truesdale actually gained weight. He's almost up to 342. He's at 335. So those guys, you know, I don't see them. And even Harson said, and we'll talk about his press conference in a second, but even Harson said, you know, um, because he got some questions about the you know defensive scheme and all that kind of stuff. He said, yeah, there's going to be, you know, of course you've got your true nose and um, then you kind of have your edge guys. And those guys in between, again, these defensive tackles and the defensive ends, you know, and, and whether you're in a three-man front or a four-man front, their roles are going to change based on that, right? So just play to play, down to down, series to series, their roles will kind of, you know, they'll be more fluid. But the edge guys will be obviously on the edge. You're not going to see – you know, Derek Hall lining up, head up the center. You're not going to see Derek Hall line up, you know, in a three technique, unless he's just walked up from a linebacker position. But, you know, as, as a general rule, those guys will be on the edge. As a general rule, these defensive ends will not slide inside too much. Now, for Colby Wooden, I think that's a really good thing. Like, kind of what this tells me is, like, you'll never see Colby Wooden slide too far past the tackle. All right, like maybe he gets in between the guard and the tackle and, like, a three technique th type thing on some kind of rabbit package or whatever, but... Typically, these defensive ends, we're going to try to keep them at the tackle or outside, all right? These defensive tackles, they're going to be the guys who are going to be somewhere between head up the tackle to, you know, shade nose of the center. So, you know, again, these guys aren't going to be – all these guys aren't going to be utilized as nose tackles, but like Sykevius Walker, Jay Hardy, um, I would think Dre Butler, you know, those guys for sure are probably going to be used a little bit more as – that three, four defensive end, head up the tackle type type player. Um, you know, Zykevis Walker put on like, uh, I don't know, 
what was it? Almost, well, it was probably like 15 pounds. So he's up to 289, 6'4", 289. Um, Jay Hardy put on some weight, 6'3", 317. Lee Hunter's 6'4", 321. Uh, Dre Butler's 298, 6'5". Uh, Marquise Burks, 6'3", 314. So, you know, these guys, some of these guys could play the nose, like Lee Hunter could. Marquise Burks probably could. Um, I think Dre Butler, I think Jay Hardy even at 317, and I think Zykevious are more of that, like, Defensive end, defensive tackle, so five technique to three technique type guy. And then these other guys can be utilized more on the inside. But, you know, just again, this kind of clears up, um, okay, how are we going to look at some of these guys? How are we going to designate them? And I think I think that paints uh, a pretty consistent picture with what, you know, with what I was thinking. Um, and then you move out a little bit, you know, who are the edge guys? So it's basically, you know, Derek Hall, Romello Height, Jaron Handy, TD Moultrie. And that's, I mean, between those four guys, um, that's pretty solid. Now I know there's, you know, probably some Auburn fans that are crying that TD Moultrie is not listed as a linebacker because we wanted to see him as an inside linebacker. And, um, you know, again, this is a multiple scheme TD Moultrie to me that just says we see this guy as a linebacker who's going to do most of his damage, you know, as an edge rusher. It doesn't mean like he can probably, he's going to be dropping back and dropping out and doing different things. And they're going to move these guys around, but Derek Hall, Romello Height, Jaron Handy, TD Moultrie, those are going to be like, you know, your four guys who, um, as a general rule, you know, kind of in base sets are going to line up on the edge. Now, you know, Derek Hall gained some weight, 251. Romello Height's super light, okay, 214. Jaron Handy drops some weight to 242. And then TD's, you know, 6'2", 250. So um, I really like that group, actually. So a few other... Um, you know, as far as how we designate linebackers, other than the edge guys, you know, everybody else is just listed as the linebacker. So Owen, Sakobi, Desmond Tisdall, uh, Chandler Wooten, Wesley Steiner, Cam Riley, uh, Cameron Brown. Uh, let's see. I think that's all the, yeah, all the scholarship guys. Um, so, you know, that's pretty clear. Again, we're going to be multiple. They're going to move those guys around. But as a general rule, those are going to be the guys who you're going to see more inside. Um, and then, of course, on, you know, different situations, we'll rush them however, either from the inside or the outside. Um, all the offensive linemen are listed as offensive linemen makes sense because, you know, they're going to try to move these guys around and see who can do what. Um, so that makes sense. You know, quarterback, running back, everything's kind of standard. Now, the last uh, position group that I thought was, you know, interesting to see is is the defensive backfield. You know, are they going to say guys are nickels? Are they going to say guys are corners? Are they going to list everybody as a DB? Are they going to list some guys as safeties, et cetera? So basically what they did was um, – and I don't know why they they listed one guy as a defensive back, um, and it's Malcolm Askew. Everybody else is either designated as a cornerback or a safety. So of course your corners, you know, Marco Domio, Nehemiah Pritchett, Kamal Hayden, um, Roger McCreary, Jalen Simpson. All right, those are your true cornerbacks. Makes sense, you know. Roger, Jalen, Nehemiah, all play on the outside. Marco, and then you know Kamal Hayden's probably that outside guy as well. Um, and then everybody else, again, other than Malcolm Askew, who's listed as a defensive back for whatever reason, um, is listed as a safety. Now, when I first saw this, I was like, hell yeah, because, you know, everybody just assumes that Ladarius Tennyson is going to be the nickel and that he's going to be really good. Well, like, I mean, he made some good plays, but if you really, like, I would assume when people say good plays, they're thinking, at least in the bowl game, of like one play he made when he was in the middle of the field at depth and just like flew at an angle to the sideline and completely decapitated um, Northwestern's quarterback. Well, if you think about where he was on the field, he really wasn't 
in like a nickel like he was i think what happened i can go back and look but i think what happened is they motioned and we rolled and he actually took a, like a safety depth and then you know just took an angle when he saw that the quarterback took off to run and you know laid him out but i actually look at the darius tennyson and i don't think he did well in coverage okay and when we talk about complaining about you know whether it was javaris davis who was you know, pretty daggum good or Christian Tut, you know, more recently, everybody's complaints was about them in coverage. It wasn't really about them tackling and, you know, fitting in run, run fits, stuff like that. I personally think from watching, and of course he was a true freshman, maybe he gets better. Maybe he becomes a fine nickel player. But again, I've always said that position is probably the hardest position on the field right now. And that's including quarterback, um, that nickel defensive back because you just have to do so many things you got to fit in the run game you got to you know play contain in the run game um set the edge sometimes you have to cover everybody you know sometimes they put their number number one receiver in the slot sometimes it's a tight end um you know any i mean anything covering backs out of the backfield fighting off blockers in the screen game um blitzing i mean you literally have to be anything that you do on defense pretty much you have to be able to do as that nickel player and I look at the Darius and I think he's best when he can just like roam freely in the middle of the field as a deep safety. You think about shorter guys who did that in the NFL. You think about like Bob Sanders, Earl Thomas, um, you know, you could even maybe say Palomalo, but Palomalo is more of that kind of box player. But I really look at the Darius and I think Earl Thomas, that's what I think. So when I saw him listed at safety, I was like, yes, okay, like maybe this is an indication that he may not be playing nickel. Maybe we'll move like a more accomplished cornerback into that nickel position and get three guys that can really cover because that cornerback room is super deep. Um, you know, so I was thinking, well, maybe you get, you know, Jalen as the nickel with uh, Nehemiah and Roger on the outside, or and you still have, you know, Dreshun Miller, you know, that's, and maybe we'll still end up doing that. Who knows? But um, you know, when I was looking at this roster, that's kind of what I wanted to see. But again, everybody's just listed as safety, even the guys that are probably um, going to play that nickel role. Now, we're also assuming that there's going to be like a pure nickel position carved out. It could be the case that we just kind of roll with three safeties. And, the, and because of everybody motioning and things like that, we just roll people up and down depending on how we want to do it. You know what I mean? Um, in that case, maybe you have a free safety and almost like two nickels or like two strong safeties if that makes sense so you have one guy who's really like okay he's playing deep middle and maybe that's smoke you know um and then these other two guys maybe it's you know ladarius and whether it's chris thompson or whoever depending on you know our, our packages uh, if we want one more safety in there and take off a corner then maybe that's what we look at you know what i mean so again it's going to be multiple guys going to move around but your safeties are chris thompson 62206 zion pucket which of course you know again him and ladarius more of that nickel uh role um at least so far in their career um, you've got again Ladarius 5'10, uh, 198, Smoke Monday. Looks like he grew an inch, 6'3, maybe, uh, 199, or maybe he was already listed at 6'3, but he, I think he definitely gained some weight. Um, Eric Reed, I believe he was listed as a corner last year as a freshman, um, listed as a safety, 6'200. Six, six um, and then Amari Harvey, the newcomer, and he's going to be out a little bit this, um, this spring. But yeah, so that's pretty much, you know, from what I saw, um, as far as positions, things like that, um, that was kind of the, the biggest stuff. And then, of course, you have some height weight changes to note. Um, let's see. I know you had like Jay Hardy gained, I think, 18 pounds. You had some other guys 
um, that gain some weight, drop some weight. Um, and we'll actually talk about that in a little bit uh, with um, some of my lists. I have, a, I have a list for the most significant height weight changes. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah, so, you know, as far as uh, touching on a little bit what Harson had to say today, uh, his, um, if you want to call it a press conference or whatever, I'm, uh, you know, doing it on Zoom, uh, just finished up pretty recently. I'm recording this Monday morning. Um, you know, just a few things that I caught or at least caught my attention. Um, <laughs> Auburn people and our tight ends, we're, we're so obsessive about our tight ends. Um, but so that was obviously it had to have been one of the first questions. Um, so, you know, Harson speaking on the tight ends, he, you know, he understands that it's from just a numbers perspective, perspective, it's a deep room, right? I mean, we have really five guys that have the potential to be able to, you know, produce at this level. Um, so, you know, he, he mentioned a few things like we're going to see, you know, get multiple guys on the field at the same time. Um, and that makes a lot of sense to me because if you do have guys, okay, like if you had Brandon Frazier, JJ Pegues, and John Samus Shanker on the field at the same time, if Frazier develops and, you know, cause again, I, his frame is great, but he did, he was not ready to play last year. He couldn't move very well at all. Um, but if these guys continue to, you know, take steps forward and develop and even Luke deal, I mean, Luke deal look good. Um, but you think about having three of those guys on the field at the same time, you think about what, uh, Notre Dame did a lot of this last year. Um, the new England Patriots used to do it all the time when they had multiple tight ends. Think about, you know, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez and all those guys. When you have three guys that are that big, especially Pegues at 308 pounds, um, the, you know, <laughs> the easy way to assume is like, you're going to have a blocking advantage, like a run blocking advantage. Um, Cause even if they, the defense tries to sub in, I mean, what, what are you going to go to a goal line set if you're, you know, in the middle of the field? So you would assume you have a run blocking advantage. Now, if they do, if the defense does kind of, you know, sub to match up personnel, as far as, you know, you just think about like ma mass on the field, then you should have advantages in the pass game. You think about matching up Piggies, Shanker, Frazier, Deal, whoever on a linebacker, right? And theoretically that should be an advantage in the passing game. So that's, that's why, you know, you look into that kind of stuff with multiple tight ends. And not only is it just a short yardage type of, um, you know, mass on mass goal line, that kind of thing. But, you know, at any point you just make kind of a, a mass substitution, get those guys in there, see if you can get some easy run plays, but then you also can see if you can, you know, set up a play action and get some mismatches guys going across the field, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I thought, you know, Harson touched on that makes sense. And I'm, I'm excited to see that develop. Um, Something else, you know, he 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 touched on the quarterbacks, said there's not a depth chart, but there is a pecking order. Bo's going to go out there first. Grant's going to go out there second. And then, of course, the young guys with, you know, Chael and, and Demetrius, they'll get their reps too. So not too much else to say with that other than just, you know, we'll see we'll see how everybody looks at in 8A and, and just, you know, read all the reports and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, offseason leaders he touched on. It's the normal guys, Owen, Jacoby, Bo, um, Tayshawn Manning got a shout out in there I'm trying to remember if there was anybody else. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of the guys that you would think I'm sure, you know, if he had more time to just spit out guys names and he said, you know, there's a lot of other guys too. Um, I'm sure smoke Monday would have come up. I thought just from what I saw on social and videos and that kind of thing, looked like smoke was doing a good job um, as a leader. So, you know, it, to me, 
if anybody ever, if a head coach ever talks about leaders on the team and he doesn't mention the quarterback, that's an issue. Him mentioning the quarterback doesn't really say that much to me. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what, what, you know, I mean, the quarterback is, is the team captain almost always, you know, at any level of football. Um, it's a, it's assumed that that guy is going to be the leader, whoever your starting quarterback is. So, um, the thing I'll mainly make sure is that he doesn't, um, withhold the quarterback's name. So if him saying Bo Nix is just to me saying like, okay, like that's a good thing. And then everybody else, you know, just again, kind of the guys you'd expect. So, um, and then one last thing was, you know, he did elaborate a little bit on the defensive scheme and, you know, kind of what we said, just the fact that there's going to be a, a kind of a multiplicity to how they approach, you know, however they want to do it. So um, I think, I think what he's saying is that this spring, they're basically going to see, I don't care what position you play. All right. If you're a safety linebacker, defensive end, defensive tackle, edge, corner, like whatever, we're going to see who has certain skill sets. We're going to see anybody at any position. Can you rush the passer from the edge or from the interior, whatever, right? Kind of build a group there. These are guys that that have a skill set of rushing the patcher. Maybe that's natural bend. Maybe that's just you know burst and acceleration, hand usage, whatever angles. Um, here's a list of guys that we know can rush the passer from any you know from wherever we want to rush them. Whether that's again defensive backfield from the edge or linebackers, whatever. Um, and and they'll kind of do that like okay, who can cover? Who can cover? Okay, can Colby Wooden cover? I don't know. Like who like who cares that he's a defensive end let's just see who can do what and then what that means is is we can kind of develop certain specific packages to get guys on the field in positions to do what they're good at what their skill sets are so yes you have to designate guys at positions you have to have base packages where everybody understands you know the general umbrella of run fitting you know, general concepts of coverage and that kind of thing. But then what you do throughout, especially the off season is you tinker and you find out what guys can do. And then you figure out certain schemes and certain uh, formations and, and different looks and roles and packages and all that kind of stuff to let guys do what they're good at, no matter what position they play. Um, so to me, that's really what I got from Harson. Um, you know, touching on the defensive scheme. It's just that like multiplicity, finding guys, skill sets, and then, figure out how to build it from there, which is, again, if you've listened to any of my former podcasts, that's that's always what I kind of touch on. The coach's job at, no matter what the sport at any level, is to take whatever you have to work with, personnel, players, whatever, and you develop a system. Now, this is outside of your, your you know, basic system. And I think Harson has demonstrated that he has a plan and like a system for all things, you know, for the, for the whole scope of the program. But as far as schematics on the field, what guys do, what you have to be malleable and adaptable and multiple to an extent to be able to take advantage of the guys you have on your roster. So it seems like, uh, you know, that's kind of the main point there with the defense. So yeah, that's, um, that's some of the things I took from, from Harson's press conference. Um, we'll, uh, we'll take a break and then we'll come right back with, uh, these lists that I have that I think are going to be fun. All right, here we go. So, uh, a few lists, uh, the first one, all right, position battles. So I've got, I'm ranking them one through four here position battles that I'm excited to track as, um, 
as spring practice goes forward. All right. So the first one, this is the one I'm, well, let's work backwards. That's always better, right? Four to one. So the number four position battle that I'm excited about, uh, the tight end group. So the tight end group, and it's really just to see like, yeah, I probably even should say tight end slash H back because <clears throat> it's not only just, you know, who steps up, who plays well, whatever. I think we know some of the guys that, you know, I mean, Shanker and Pegues and Deal, I think people probably have the most confidence in, in those guys. Um, but you look at, I mean, again, we've talked, I mean, I don't know how many times people can talk. That's why I'm glad, you know, they're about to start practice, but like Brandon Frazier, everybody expects him to be a really good player because his frame, his high school tape look like freaking Gronk, you know, running down through there. So, um, I'm personally excited about seeing what the pecking order looks like on a day and then where these guys line up. Like, do you, do, does Piggy start as like kind of a, um, like a wing player and then we motion him in the backfield as like a, that strong eye fullback looking guy. I think we could see some of that for sure, which would make sense to me. Um, even a guy like Luke deal, maybe, maybe Shanker gets some, you know, um, movement out there. And then I think you got, you, you have guys like Frazier and then is, is, uh, Landon King out there. I think he's, yeah, I think he's here too. Yeah. So, um, you, to me, like Frazier and especially Landon King and maybe Tyler Fromm are more of that traditional, um, like in line wise. So either hand on the ground or, you know, kind of in that flex position. Um, so I'm not only just excited to see who kind of steps up and, and gets a lot of quality reps, catches in practice and blocks well and that kind of thing, but also just kind of where, where we use these guys. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, the offensive line group. Okay. This is my number three position battle to watch. So, um, for most people, this might be number one or two, uh, and, and we'll talk about the other ones in a second, but, um, the main thing to me is like, I feel like we have so many bodies <clears throat> that, and specifically on the interior of the offensive line that it's almost like, you know, you, well, the thing, I guess what I should say is that I think the group that I'm really targeting is the tackles. All right. And it's not only just who ends up getting the most reps, but it's also like just tracking the movement along the offensive line in general. Because if, if I say the offensive tackles, well, that means, you know, you're looking at a guy like, you know, Austin Trox on the left who's gotten, you know, a decent amount of playing time, but like Brodeer's ham on the right has had a ton of playing time. Okay. And then you, you think about, okay, what happens if we move Brodeer's to guard? Well, then that kicks a guard out. Well, right now, you know, you're, you're looking at Tayshawn Manning, Keandre Jones, and then Nick Brahms at center. Brandon Council is going to be out all spring. All right. So, but he's going to come back into the fold. That's kind of a fourth interior lineman. And I don't even feel that bad really about, those three or four guys. Um, so then why, you know, do we kick Broderis to guard? Well, then what do we do with the other guys? Um, you know, I've never been the biggest Nick Brahms fan, but he's got a ton of experience. Um, and then if you talk about sliding somebody else in at center, like, okay, is Keandre Jones going to be that much better at center or is, um, Brandon council when he comes back with a shoulder surgery and especially if it's his snapping shoulder, I mean, you know, is he going to be a better center than Nick Brown? Who knows? So to me, it's like, all right, you've got three guys probably competing at left tackle between uh, Troxel, uh, Killian Zaire, and then, you know, if you want to say Alec Jackson, I think it would make a lot of sense for Alec Jackson to get more look at, at right tackle. Alec Jackson looks like a he, – he's got a great, beautiful frame. You know, he's he's not fat. He's, 
you know, thick up top, but he's got a super thick, you know, lower body. Um, he looks like he moves decently well. He just, he struggled, you know, he struggled a lot last year and it is what it is, but, um, you know, so either way, you got three guys probably competing at left tackle. If you want to say Trox, Alex Jackson and Killian Zaire, and then you've got, you know, Broderick Ham and Brendan Coffey kind of on the right side at tackle. You got Garner Langlow in the mix. Um, you know, and that's probably, you know, he's probably a year or two away, but I'm just saying it's going to be very, very interesting to track the movement and then track who kind of comes out on top um, of those position groups. So offensive line is going to be a good one to watch. My number two um, position battle to watch is the safety position. So we pretty I don't know that there's anything else I can add to what I said earlier, but to me it's just like, I just want Ladarius Tennyson to play safety so bad. I just want to play free safety and run around. He's so fast and he hits so hard. I just think he can cover so much ground and just kill people across the middle. And as long as he's got decent ball skills, you know, that's the thing too. Like the closer you are to the line of scrimmage, the quicker your reactions have to be. And if you struggle with that type of quick reaction and ball skills and that kind of thing, then it's really, it's better to move you off the line of scrimmage. So you have more time to go like roam and track and make plays. And I don't know, that's just, when I watch him play, I just think he would be suited um, for that type of role. But, you know, even if even if we just take what we've been kind of conditioned to think about that group. So if you say if you include nickel, but then you have, a you know, two safeties like Sherwood and Smoke uh, had been, then even just taking that and extrapolating it to this spring and looking at like, all right, so, you know, you got Smoke and let's say you got Ladaris at nickel. Who's that other guy? You know, is it Eric Reed, Chris Thompson, um, you know. I mean, Armari Harvey's going to be limited. Um, you know, I mean, who 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 who's left really to step up in that position? Um, you know, Zion Puckett maybe, or you know, any of these other guys. So, so yeah, um, interested to see even if it's that simple who that that second safety is, the kind of the second out of that three player group that if you want to say two safeties and a nickel. So, interested to see how that shakes out. And then my number one position battle, and maybe this. Is just because I, you know, play the position and, you know, I enjoy the, I enjoy the development, the fundamentals, and kind of the nitty gritty stuff that most people wouldn't really understand. I'm sure it's the same with any position: quarterback, you know, offensive line for sure, defensive line, you know, linebacker, DB. Everybody's got like a way more nuanced, um, skill set and approach, and kind of, um, you know. There's there's way more specific and nuanced techniques to those positions than what the the normal average fan you know might think and so when you look at the wide receiver position which so this is my number one position battle to um you know that I'm going to be tracking you know with the assumption of what our offense is going to look like now you think more intermediate routes for sure but also just more like route tree routes <laughs> you know what I mean because I mean we literally. It was slants, posts, goes, and then like hitches or stops. Um, we run that goofy little skip out route. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, that really is pretty much it. Um, we didn't have a ton of double moves. You know, I know Chip Lindsay had some of those back in the day. I'm just thinking about like some post corners and stuff we ran with him. Um, you know, it didn't, to me, look like we had a huge focus on like you know, release and stem techniques. So, you know, running our route based on the defensive backs leverage or even, you know, running and adjusting our routes mid route to what the defensive coverage is, right? So middle field open, middle field closed, you know, 
kind of adjusting my route accordingly. Um, so I'm just very interested to see who in this group can take to that new or foundational approach to offensive football in general, passing concepts, but how that relates to their position and can flourish in that new setting. Um, listen to Zach Blackerby, the Locked On Auburn podcast, and he interviewed um, Anthony Schwartz. If you haven't listened to that, I would definitely recommend um, <laughs> you going and checking it out because it's like it, kudos to, you know, Schwartz, man. He was, you know, I mean, he didn't say anything crazy, but he was, you know, he was honest and upfront about any question. And, you know, he, he, he was just honest, it seemed like. So he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, the NFL, um, sees the offensive system that we come from and then just assume that it, we're going to be projects. And so he, he kind of, you know, gave some kudos to Darius Slayton because he's having a good NFL career, that kind of thing. But he also said, you know, that we practiced all these things, um, during the week. And once we got in the game, we just never really seemed to run them. And that's, you know, that's another conversation. But to me, again, with the wide receiver group, it's like, um, you know, and this is actually what I was going going to get to with, with the Schwartz conversation was he highlighted a couple of guys and he specifically said, you know, Elijah Canyon is a guy who probably has the best release technique on the team. And, you know, if you don't know, releases is just like if you get pressed up by a defensive back, how can you, you know, how good are you at not only – getting off the release but also getting to the spot that you need to get to so if a release has inside leverage how do you get off the release and not get jammed up but then also if you're if you're running an end breaking route how do you get back to your spot and and you know kind of accomplish and get get better leverage um so he singled out eliza canyon who has you know the probably the best release uh technique on the team but also best route running skills so you know, between, between what we saw from him in the bowl game, his measurables at 6'4", you know, 220-ish um, with good top-end speed, he might be a guy who who takes off. Um, of course, you, you look at guys like Malcolm Johnson, Javaris Johnson, um, Kobe Hudson. You know, I mean, uh, Xavier Capers is going to be out, I think, for a, a good portion of the spring at the very least. Um, but, yeah, I'm just excited to watch – these guys and hear and and listen and read stuff about who is it that's like now that we have a real approach to the to the pass you know to the passing game and we have to run real routes and understand defenses and all that kind of stuff who is it that that you know steps up and flourishes in that type of role as opposed to just you know kind of gadget plays and posts and things like that so um, yeah, really excited about that. That's my, you know, top four position battles to watch. Um, yeah, my next list, height, weight, change, most significant. All right. I'm going to work four to one again. So my number four guy who, again, height, weight, change, who is the most significant on the entire roster? My number four guy is Jaron Handy. All right. We've talked about him a little bit on this podcast. He dropped another 10 pounds. So now he's like 242. All right. Now, I would hope that that's like he's getting in better shape. He's getting more explosive and faster. And that's always what I've said that I would want him to do. Um, Cause to me, again, he, he seems like he's got that natural length and bend and he just looks like a guy that can get after the passer if we're coached up, you know, if he's coached up and put in a good position. So I think that's interesting. That's one of those where I'm like, I hope that's a good thing and not a bad thing. I hope he's not like losing strength and that kind of thing. And I hope he's eating, <laughs> you know, but um but yeah, if he's dropped 10 pounds because he's getting faster and more explosive, then I think that's awesome. 
The number three guy I think the most significant is is actually probably a guy who's going to be in more of a backup role, but uh, Caleb Johnson. He added another, I think, 20 pounds. Um, look this up real quick. He added, I'm pretty sure it was 20 pounds. Uh, let's see. Yeah, 20. He actually had the highest um, weight change. I, and I pulled this up from an article that uh, Nathan King from Auburn Undercover, uh, Auburn Undercover wrote just this morning as well after getting the spring roster, but he went up from uh, 248 to 276 currently. And so when you think about that five technique, lining up head, head up at tackles, you know, guys that are always 300 pounds with arm length and that kind of thing, him, him gaining that weight, I think is actually a good thing because I don't think he was ever necessarily going to be the most explosive athlete on the field, but he seems like he does a really good job with leverage and technique. And that's kind of what that position is again. And especially if we talk about two gap and stuff like that, him gaining, you know, basically 30 pounds um, is probably a really good move for him and for what that position is going to call for. So I think that's, I think that's actually really good. Um, my number two, and this is kind of a, almost a tongue in cheek, but Brendan Coffey went from six, five, let me make sure I get this right. He went from six, five to 79. All right. Listed last year. To six seven two ninety two. Um, I don't really know how that's possible, but if he went from six five two seventy nine to six seven two ninety two, hey, hell yeah, you know, let's I'll take it. So again, kind of a joke because I mean, chances are he didn't grow like truly grow two inches, but who knows? And then. It, the fact is that he did gain 13 pounds and he was a very slim, skinny looking guy out there. Um, when I saw him, I think he was number 55. So yeah, he needed all the weight he can get so that he can help, you know, still compete. Um, uh, and I would again say for that right tackle spot, but, uh, he's got a lot more time obviously. Um, and even like Garner Langlois, I think he's like 277, you know, coming as a true freshman. So some of these guys have time to continue to, um, you know, work on getting to the weight that they need to be at. So um, excited to see that. And then my number one guy, Jay Hardy. And I just think <clears throat> it's probably more about what I expect Jay Hardy to be um, than it is just the simple, I mean, what did he gain? Like 15 pounds or something, 18 pounds? Let's see. Get this right. Yeah, 18 pounds. So he went from 299 to 317. It's just, man, he looks... And he only played a little bit last year. I think he played in the bowl game probably most more than any other game. But he just looks like he's going to be so good. And that's, you know, he's kind of been one of those guys that you hear people talking about all the time. Um, that, you know, the expectations are high internally, even though he probably doesn't get, you know, I mean, of course, he's not on any lists externally, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just think him gaining, you know, almost 20 pounds and continuing to kind of, I would say grow into the frame and the body that he is and his natural strength and athleticism. I just think he's going to be really, really good. So I'm really excited to see that. So th those are the guys, top four guys that I think uh height weight change most, most significant. Um, here's kind of my last list um, ish. So this list is storylines and, and this is not storylines that like I am, you know, most excited to track, but it's more like me making predictions for what these storylines throughout the spring are going to be. And this is like, you know, I've been an Auburn fan my whole life, you know, played there for a year, um, you know, was in the 
scouting slash recruiting slash um you know game planning department as an undergrad assistant as a student and you know i mean i'm very familiar with auburn and i'm very familiar with how auburn gets covered especially now not being associated with the program you know just kind of outside in just like a regular fan um it's it's just so like typical and it's kind of like what we're talking about like the tight ends you know like all these things always get brought up you know we we all know what's going to be said so this is kind of like my predictions for the storylines what's going to get written about and what people are going to ask coaches and players about when they get the chance and you know that kind of thing so the number one storyline for this spring is going to be about the improvement and the solid play of the offensive line all right it's going to be talked about that there's a new look run game, right? That these guys are more downhill and their technique is better with Wolf Rand and, um, you know, the practices are more physical. So, you know, they're these guys who are like better run blockers like Rodarius Ham and, you know, maybe Keandre Jones or whatever anybody wants to say that, that they're just like, you know, and they're getting super physical in practice and they're just like beating people up. So, and then along with the new look run game, there's the play action game that, is helping, you know, we have new protection schemes. It's um, helping um, create more time and better pockets for our quarterbacks. So that's, um, that is for sure, I think, going to be the the number one storyline of the spring. The number two storyline of the spring, I think, is going to be just the linebacker group in general. The reason being is because who did Harson single out as the leaders on the team um, earlier today? Well, two of them were linebackers, Owen and Sakobi. All right. So you know that in general, a heavy, there's going to be kind of a heavy um, um, load. I wouldn't say load, but just basically there's going to be a, a concentration of leadership in the linebacker room that's more than any other group, right? Um, so between, you know, them being kind of the, the leaders, at least on defense, but probably of the whole team. And then, you know, I just think this, those storylines are going to get extrapolated. And, of course, this is um, Zacoby's last year for sure, uh, I would think. And then this is Owen's – I would definitely think this is Owen's last year as well. So, like, those two guys, you know, kind of playing their last year. Um, so, there's going to be plenty of stories, I think, written about those guys. And then, of course, I think there's going to be a bunch of, um, you know, storylines and attention on the physical nature and the physicality of the linebacker room in general. So you think about those two guys, Cam Riley developing, Wesley Steiner developing, Tisdall, if he gets, uh, he's going to be out a little bit this spring. Um, you know, TD Moultrie, however, kind of, you know, however they classify the edge guys and that kind of thing. I just think we're going to hear a lot about the linebackers. And of course, when you have a guy like Owen Popoa, you know, a five star, highly rated recruit that is probably going to be a three year guy and a high draft pick, that's going to be natural anyway. But Again, I think that's probably going to be the the number two um, the number two storyline that everybody's going to write about and hear about. The number three storyline, I think, is going to be back on the receivers. I think we're going to hear that the receivers have been a, a bright spot, you know, so far in uh, in practice, and that young guys are stepping up and um, they're blocking first. You know, we're going to hear about that 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 any receivers have got to be able to block for the run game and that kind of thing because this is going to be a run first play action team okay like th that i do think that's going to be um you know the identity especially guys like you know tank and i look let me just say this people talk about sean shivers like he's not good and i think i've addressed this in the past anybody who thinks he's not good is freaking crazy and especially like people think oh because you know bobo used to run i formation powers with todd Gurley and nick chubb that 
that Shivers is not going to have a role in this offense. If we run a bunch of zone, like especially outside zone stuff, Sean Shivers is a perfect back for that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I just, I get tired of hearing all that. And besides the fact that if you watch, you know, if you went, if you go back and watch, go watch the LSU game last year. The first, like, two of the first three plays, I think, were an outside sweep type play, which is basically the same, essentially, um, as an outside zone that he would, the track he would take and that kind of thing. He just, like, completely ran two guys over. One of them was Stingley. All right. And yeah, he's a corner, but he's also like 210 pounds or something. Um, he's super physical. He runs over guys like all the time. Uh, and I mean, he can catch it well enough where he, we can still use him in the passing game on the screen. So I just, he's going to be the number two back and he's going to produce and he's going to be really good this year. So anybody who says otherwise, I think it's crazy. And if, if, um, the next season goes through and he doesn't, then I'll have a podcast and apologize. But, I'm pretty sure he's going to be really good. So I don't know how I got on that tangent. We were talking about receivers. That's going to be the the third storyline of the spring for sure. All right, so those are my three storylines that are going to happen. The offensive line improving, the linebackers, and that's just kind of a general thing. They're just going to get written about a lot. And then the wide receivers, young guys stepping up and then being a bright spot and, you know, catching and just doing good stuff in practice. Um. All right, the last thing I wanted to cover today was um, looking forward to A-Day. So A-Day, I think, is like right at a month away. I'm pretty sure it's like mid-April. Um, so obviously, they have like 15 practices. They have a, a break in there that used to be spring break, and now it's like wellness days or something. I don't really understand what all that's about, but they, I'm pretty sure A-Day is like right at a month away. So obviously, we've got some time, and we're going to hear a lot of stuff between now and then about practices. Um, there's going to be plenty of, you know, um, interviews with coaches and players and stuff like that but just you know right now where we sit a couple of things um a few things that i'm looking forward to for a day of course the scheme on offense and defense so I'll, i cannot wait to see bonex under center take a snap turn us back to the defense play action whether it be a kind of a rollout or some type of pocket movement, you know what I mean? So um, maybe a guard pulls and sets up a pocket, you know, or just something like that. Steps up in the pocket, delivers a, a, a deep crosser, you know, 22 yards on the opposite, you know, in between the opposite hash and numbers to a logic Canyon. So, you know, like that's, I just can't wait to see that just because it's different and it's more fundamental to me and it makes more sense to me. So Excited to see some of that. What kind of run game do we do? Are we more zone oriented? Are we more man oriented? So inside zone, outside zone, or like powers and counters. And I'm sure we'll mix it up. But, you know, what do we really, to me, what, if you want to see what we're going to lean on more, see what type of play actions we have. Because if it's zone play actions, so you think like, you know, zone stretch with a bootleg or naked or, you know, zone stretch with a bunch of pocket movement. And then like a, you know, the front side guard kind of peels around and seals the backside edge or, you know, watch the play actions that we have because that's probably going to tell you the story of where we feel like we're going to go with the run game more than just what run plays we call. Um, and then, of course, the receivers running different routes and tight ends and all that kind of stuff on offense. Just really excited to see that. And then, of course, on defense, kind of the same thing. Um, you know, front alignment, assignment, um, gap responsibility in the run game, what type of coverages. Of course, we're going to run man coverage. Everybody runs man co- man coverage, but you know who is playing where with the safeties and all that kind of stuff. So just excited to see scheme and personnel. 
Um, and then kind of more specifically, I, I'm excited to see who looks comfortable in their role. So we talked about the, those receivers and them having kind of a different role and different approach to their position. Who are those guys that look more comfortable? <clears throat> who who are the tight ends that look more comfortable? Who are the offensive linemen that look more comfortable? Um, the defensive ends, tackles, edge, linebackers, you know, safety, nickel, corners. Who have we kind of moved around and played around with? And who looks more comfortable than than we've seen them be in the past? Or even, you know, who are guys like maybe Smoke Monday just looks like a totally different player because of kind of a different approach to what we're doing defensively. So um, I'm really excited about that, you know, because I think – more than guys that have big plays in a spring game, the thing that to me I get from watching is like kind of what I just said is like the guys that look really comfortable doing what they're doing. It's not even about them having a lot of production in the game or a touchdown or an interception or anything like that. But like you you can tell when you watch guys, it's like, okay, they have their they understand what their role is on each play. They they they're doing a good job of doing what their assignment is within the, you know, within the play. And you know, to me, you, you take that, you extrapolate that out, and you can pretty much guess who's who's going to be at least playing a lot um, in the fall. And right now, that's really that's really the only thing we can do in the spring. You know, is try to identify people who are going to play the most starters and and key backups, and then after that, we can kind of guess uh, how good they're going to be. But and then speaking on that, just kind of the last thing I'm looking forward to in a day is is the backups at key positions. Well, I wouldn't even say key positions, but positions that are that are solid. Um, you know, we have solid starters at those positions, but like who who are going to be the backups in case of injury or whatever, right? And quarterback is a big one. So, of course, Bo Nix is going to be the starter. Um, I think it's just going to be fun watching, okay, who is Chael Garnett? You know, like what does he look like? We've never seen him. Um, you know, Grant Loy, I think, is just the fact that he's a veteran. Um, you know, but Demetrius Davis, of course, like who, you know, who really would we turn to if, if Bo got hurt, God forbid, and, you know, week six um, versus who is going to be kind of the the future guy? I mean, Chael's still young, right? And Demetrius is a highly touted true freshman. So excited to see that the backup, um, you know, the backup group of quarterbacks and see what they look like. I'm excited to see the backups uh, in the running back position. So we talked about Sean Shivers, but I want to see what Devin, Devin Barrett looks like. And Jarquez Hunter's not going to be here in the spring. So um, Devin Barrett's probably going to get the most carries on A-Day, I would guess. Um, so, you know, I, I was never, you know, I know people talked to Tim Horton and Tim Horton said that he was good. And, you know, some people have high expectations for Devin Barrett. I don't, like, I never thought he was really that good. I thought he was upright and kind of stiff and he kind of ran weird. I actually really liked his high school tape though. And I thought he was gonna be really good. But then when, when we, um, you know, and of course, I mean, all he did was like catch screens and jet sweeps and stuff like that. So who knows, but, um, I'm just, I want to see what he looks like. Cause I, I really didn't think he looked that great. His true freshman year, although he had like a few touchdowns and things like that and he had a role, but, um, yeah, I mean, I want to see what he looks like. So, uh, to see if we have an upperclassman as a third running back that we can depend on. Um, and then the the backup linebackers, man. We've got, you know, Tisdall. Hopefully he can be healthy for the A-Day game. you got, like, Cam Brown, you know, Derek's little brother, who, um, you know, we brought in as, like, a three-star. And you've got Wesley Steiner, who I think, you know, probably is, is the class of that backup group. Um, works really hard in the weight room, all that kind of stuff. Cam Riley, you know, depending on his role, he could be considered a backup. Um 
you know, and then some of these other guys are going to get here in the summer before fall camp. But yeah, just excited to see the backup group of linebackers. And really, you know, I you can't really say the backup's a corner because I mean, yeah, we know we know Roger and of course Neem Rye had a good year, but we don't really know. I mean, I would say still at least that second cornerback position is up for grabs, right? Um, you say the same thing with safety. You know smoke's there, but you really don't know. I mean, everybody assumes Ladarius will have a starting position somewhere. Um, but it's hard to say I'm excited to see the backups because you don't even know who's going to start really at some of those positions. So, um, you know, the backup the back, and even, you know, defensive end, defensive tackle, all that in edge. I mean, of course, you know, Derek Hall, um, but, you know, you can't really say you're excited about those backups because we don't know for sure who are going to be the first guys out and who's going to play the most snaps at some of those positions. So, um, so yeah. That's kind of my list. Some superlatives, uh, I guess. I didn't really hand out awards or anything, but um, yeah, that's some of my list and some of the things I'm looking forward to. Of course, it's just an exciting time in general. You know, football is finally back. They're they're out going to do real practice, um, and you know, just like all of you, I'm going to be, you know, watching watching. <clears throat> oh boy, dry throat. Um, I'm going to be you know watching videos and watching for articles getting getting uh, written and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So um, as news comes out and I think I have things I can elaborate on, I'll do my best to hop back on and, and give some analysis and breakdown. But just super excited to track all this and uh, and see where it goes. But um, but yeah, another episode in the books. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, as always, if you would like, rate, review, um, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. It's again, I'm never going to get paid for this. Um, but if you do that, then it just kind of gives me an indication that, that I'm putting stuff out that people enjoy listening to, which is, you know, if I'm going to do it, I might as well do a decent job at it. So anyway, until next time, I hope you guys have a, uh, have a good week. Thanks.